All right, tonight uh, we have special treat because we are doing testimonies. Uh, we're going to be aiming to do testimonies from each campus uh, every last Friday of the month. And the reason why we do this is because we believe in the power of the testimony. There's power in the testimony, amen? Yeah. I mean, there is power when someone gives their testimony. What happens is the Bible says the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. Right? And one way that Bill Johnson said it is when, a, when the people of God, they share their testimony, that testimony God uses to become a prophecy over the, over the life of a person that may be going through something very similar. And then they begin to say, well, what God, you did for that person, you can do the same thing. If you did it for them, you could do it for me. And if they begin to receive that testimony as a prophetic word over their lives, it empowers them, gives them the faith to see the same breakthrough for themselves. All right. And we've seen uh, on our mission trips, right, we do do prayer for healing and people get healed. And then we call them forward to give their testimony. Why do we do that? Just to celebrate? It's good to celebrate, but on top of that, we're also seeing if the Holy Spirit is going to move uh, with a new wave of healing just simply through the telling of the testimony. So what will happen is someone will come up here and they'll share testimony. Three or four people will share their testimony about their physical healing, and then we'll pray again. And boom, there's a new wave of healing just breaks out in the room. All right? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. All right, so if you want to learn more about that teaching, it's called The Release the Power of Jesus. It's by Bill Johnson. It's an excellent book. It really explores the power of the testimony. So tonight we're going to have two testimonies. One is going to be from Hillside, and one is going to be from Itaewon. All right, and so we'll start with our Hillside testimony. All right, so uh, let's put our hands together. Let's welcome up our sister Sarah Boyle. Just to start off, like, how I came to, like, New Philadelphia. Um, When I was in college, um, I had a friend, like, the senior year of college, I had a friend who who had a friend in the missions department, and she she wanted to come to Kuya. And then this friend um, in the missions department, uh, the, like, previous summer, she came to Kuya and taught at at an English camp. And she mentioned how this opportunity was open. So my friend shared it with me. And I got really excited about um, like coming to Korea. I didn't think I would be able to come for, like I don't know when, for a long time. So God really opened this door for me to come to Korea. So I came in on July 23rd, 2009. And I taught at an English camp here for the summer. And I actually ended up being hired at the place that I taught, I taught at the English camp. And so God was calling me to stay in Korea. And as I was moving out, um, if you know Rachel Highland, she's a sister here at New Philly. Um, she invited me to New Philly. So I began to attend New Philly probably in October of 2009. And 
the school I worked at was in Umsong, so it was like far away. So it took like two and a half hours to come up. So I couldn't come up every single week. Um, and I came as often as I could. And then that summer, I mean, that winter, I went home for Christmas. And I came back and I began to attend New Philly consistently. So this last year and a half has been like a transformation in my life. Um, God has been really changing me. Um, what God has been doing in my life is he has been bringing restoration. Restoration in my relationship with God, restoration in my identity, and restoration in my relationship with other people. Um, so I, I'm going to explain kind of like where I came from, like all the back to when I was born. Um, so I was born here in South Korea. And my parents couldn't take care of me, so they had to give me up for adoption. I'm not exactly sure why. There were, like, two letters that were given. Um, one talked about maybe my parents were too poor, maybe. My mom also had a hepatitis C, so maybe she couldn't take care of us. Uh, or they could have had us, had us out of wedlock. So, um, but my mom, my mom, my adoptive mom, so I call her mom, um, she... She believed that maybe she was possibly was a Christian, and then she prayed that uh, we that we would be placed in a Christian home. So my birth mom, um, she took us to an orphanage, and then we were in a foster. Well, my sister and I also mentioned I have a twin sister, if you do not know, named Rachel. So we were adopted together. The orphanage that we went through, the Holt Adoption Agency, they wouldn't separate siblings, so we were able to be adopted together. And that was a, really a blessing from God that we were not separated. Um, so I was placed in a foster family for a year, and then I was able to be adopted, and I came to the United States. And before this, uh, my parents had two, um, two sons, Andrew and John, so I actually have two older brothers. Um, and um, I believe, like, since I've been adopted, I kind of have a... I think, like, a greater understanding of what it means to be adopted in the family of God. It's not like, um, like, oh, like, I'm part of the family of God. Like, I'm part of my family. Um, we don't see each other. I don't see myself as, like, different from them. We're, like, one family. So when I was six years old, um, my, fam- my parents got divorced. So I was really young. And actually, my father, um, he had an affair when my parents were married for, it was going on for a while, actually. So, like, for, I think for at least, like, two years, maybe even longer. Um, so we ended up moving to the other side of the country, from Pennsylvania to California, so my, so we could be closer to my mom's family. And then my father was pretty much out of my life, um, and he was, like, absent even when he was there when we were younger. And so I kind of, I felt like, a lot of rejection growing up. Like, I had a spirit of rejection. Um, And the thing is, my father, he also came from a broken family. Um, His family dealt with alcoholism, abuse, theft, and insanity, and he couldn't stay committed to the family that he had. Um, So this caused me kind of to put up a lot of of walls. Um, As a child, I would have uh, nightmares about being taken from my family, and... And then I remember when I was around six or seven, I like, told myself to not trust people because I believed I would get hurt by them. So I, I didn't let myself get attached to people, and I kind of I rejected people's love and acceptance for me. Even though my mom, she continu- continuously poured it out on us. Um, so I put a lo- lot of walls between myself and other people. 
And I kind of felt this like to a God that he kind of loved me like generally, kind of like he was kind of distant toward me. Um, so let me see. So when I came to New Philly, I found I, I, I had a lot of breakthrough. Um, the first time was in February, February 14th, 2010. Um, this was during winter missions. So a lot of the congregation and the leaders were gone. Um, and Danny Kim was actually speaking that Sunday, and he spoke on the power of exp- expression, that we are an expression of, of God, God's heart. And after that, there was an altar call. I actually stood up and walked to the front. It's something that I, don't, I never really did before because I had a lot of fear. And I remember Danny specifically prayed against the spirit of fear that day, so I was able to stand up and come to the front and receive prayer. And that night, when I went to my apartment, um, God gave me holy laughter. So um, it was <laughs> amazing, something I never had experienced before. And through it, God was like bringing healing through it. And also, um, I felt like a peace and a joy, and um, like God's heart for me that I've never experienced before. Um, also, on another time I experienced breakthrough was on a Friday fire when we were praying for the children of North Korea. I remember I wasn't able to pray for them. Um, so I remember, um, Pastor John Michael, he called, um, up anyone who, he asked anyone who, to stand who had difficulty praying for the children. And then I stood. And then I remember that a lot, um, leaders prayed for me, like Pastor Christian, I think Pastor Aaron. And, uh, during this time I was just able to, like, cry and grieve for the lack of father in my, the, the lack of the presence of a father in my heart. So once I was able to understand, um, like, God's heart for me, that was able to pray for the children of North Korea. And so a lot of the healing I've experienced is through the love, acceptance, and encouragement that I've received from um, everyone here at New Philly. Um, so, um, there, so God has shown me that he really like celebrates me, that his thoughts are toward me. I still struggle with this idea because I've, um, I didn't believe it so much of my life. But God is uh, working in me and causing my heart to come in alignment with his. So I can see myself as he sees me, and I can see others as he sees others. As he, as he sees others. God also has um, like brought re- restoration in my relationship with other people, even my, own sis- my twin sister, Rachel. Um, we, were, we were really, really close growing up. We did everything together. Uh, we went to the same college together, we had the same major, we came to Korea together and taught at the same place. Right now we're, we're teaching um, with the same uh, school, East Spirit. And so it was a really a, a gift from God that we could be together. And I think because he placed my sister in my, in my life, I was able to, um, like, mm, like, I was able to go through things like easier with the adoption and um, with the divorce in my family. And um, one thing I found interesting is that we never could stay angry at each other like for longer than a day. We'd always like fight, and then we'd make up like two hours later. <laughs> so, but one of the things, but one of the things was we, the conflict that we had, we like would bury deep. So we wouldn't actually confront our conflict. We'd just like hide it away and bury it. So, as we have experienced restoration here at New Philly, we're able to confront these things and like deal with it health, healthy. And another thing, we didn't really talk about our faith with each other. We kept it very, very private. Um, so that's another way that um, we had like a stronghold in our life. 
Um, so now we're able to share our feelings with each other, and our relationship has grown a lot deeper. And we actually like pray for with each other, like for things, and we actually pray for each other. And another thing that I wasn't able to do before is actually say like I love you to my sister. So that is something that I'm able to say now. So as I as I come into a fuller realization of who I am and who God has created me to be, um, I'm not only receiving but I'm also able to give because I know what I possess I can give it away freely. So God has actually He's taken me to the land of my birth to show me who He has created me to be. Um, he has called me to himself i'm no longer an orphan but i'm a child of god i do not carry spirit of rejection i'm fully loved and accepted i'm not a victim i'm more than a conqueror and i do not fear i'm fearless so the word that god has given me is that he is turning things he has turned things around for me and that he works for everything for my good and i'm just gonna uh, close with a verse uh, romans 8 28 and we know that for those who love god all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose Thank you. All right, great job, Sarah Boyle. All right. Woo! Thank you. All right. I feel like I should have prepared candy to give her or something. She's just looking at me. <laughs> All right. Uh, wonderful. Uh, uh, we're going to uh, go on with the next testimony. It's uh, from our Itaewon campus. This is our brother, Noble Salminian. Salminian. That was, that was close. Not, not, not really. Salminian. Anyways. Yeah, Noble Salminian. Thanks, Pastor Christian. That's right. It's all good. Um, yeah, it's so good to be here. It is, uh, it's amazing how wonderful God truly is. Like, he's able to do so exceedingly and abundantly beyond anything we can ask or say. And, uh, I'm going to try not to cry because I'm an emotional guy, but, uh, let me just read some Psalms for you guys and we'll start out that way. All right. Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord within me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. And uh, anyways, so I, uh, I grew up in Minnesota with, uh, I had three brothers and a sister and uh, wonderful parents. Grew up in a Christian home and, uh, you know, I really, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. He, you know, he just showed me so many things as a kid and, uh, and yet there was that worldly desire, you know, those things that, you know, rich people have and, and my, you know, some of my friends in high school, they, you know, they just had things that I wanted, like, you know, cars and money and anyway, so I sort of followed along that path and, uh, Went through college, sort of um, in this quasi-Christianity where I believed in God and I believed in Jesus, but yet I lived, you know, the opposite. And uh, so it was this slow descent into just confusion and and uh, 
you know, that, that whole story. Uh, I was just bound up. I was bound up. I had scales over my eyes. And I, I spent, uh, after college, I spent about five years in Portland, Oregon, which is a beautiful place. And uh, I had a lot of good times, but I had a lot of bad times because I was so caught up in the sin and just not happy in that place. And uh, so I think I was about 25, and I finally was like, all right, I'm old, getting old. I need to do something with my life. So I finally got accepted to a medical school, which was awesome, but yet it was things just wouldn't come together. The money wasn't there, and all these things happened, and I had a really bad relationship. I mean, I had a good relationship, but it was an unhealthy sexual relationship with, with a woman. And uh, in that, I was just, I was just stuck. I was stuck. And uh, it came to the point um, right when I turned 26 where I came out of that relationship um, just broken, you know, heartbroken, so much stuff. I don't need to get into it. Um, but uh, also, going to medical school, that had just, like, just evaporated out from underneath me. And that was my plan. That was my life goal. That's who I was, you know. And when that was gone, it was just, like, I was just empty. I was really just, like, at rock bottom of that place of... I just came to that place of realization where I was like, Lord, if you aren't real, if you aren't going to change my life, my situation, then it's not... I'm, I don't want to live anymore. And... Uh, so I really came to that place where it was just like I had to seek first the kingdom, and if and th- I just put in all my chips, you know. And uh, anyway, so from that point, I think it was Christmas last year. So this is only about a year ago, but uh, I, had, I had gone home to Christmas back to Minnesota, and uh, I remember it was like a Christmas service, and and the sermon was actually really bad. Uh, it, it was it was terrible. It was like some young kid up there, probably doing something similar to what I'm doing right now. But uh, anyway, anyway, uh, it was the first time I had been to church in like five years or something like that. And uh, my grandpa was sitting next to me, and like my whole extended family. And all of a sudden, I just started to weep, and it was just like this weight um, of all those years of sin, just like that pressure just sort of came off of me. It was like the Holy Spirit just like, just knocked me over. And uh, in that, it was just like, it was just such a release. I can't, you can't explain like the weight of 20,000 tons just being taken off your soul, but that's what it felt like. And uh, my grandpa, he leaned over and he, you know, he saw me crying and, and he was like, uh, he was like, Luke 1910. He has come to seek and to save those that are lost. And I was so lost. And those words just cut right to the heart of me. And, uh, and in that, it was, just, uh, it was just the beginning of this amazing transformation in my life. And uh, anyway, I'm not really sticking to my script. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm rolling with it. Okay, so uh, yeah, so after that sermon... One of my friends, uh, she was like, man, I've been praying, you for, praying for you for so long. I'm so glad to see that the Lord is, you know, changing your heart. And she invited me to this sermon on New Year's Eve. And the sermon was titled Lasting Change. And that was exactly what I had come home for. That's exactly what I needed. And it just, once again, just cut right to the core. And uh, it was, there's three points. It was just the simplest sermon. It was 
desperation has to be the catalyst for your change. And Christ is the one and only change producer, the one and only lasting change producer. And uh, in that, it was like, I came to just this sort of impetus where it was like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I asked for. Here's the opportunity. And through like the, the uh, ministry part of the sermon, they were like, would everyone just come together and pray this prayer? And it was so simple. It was just, God, help me to find what you want for me. And it was, it was simple, yet such a powerful prayer because I had always known what I was going to be and I always like just had it all figured out. And it was this change in me. It was like, I'm no longer noble the prospective doctor or noble the snowboarder or noble this. But I was a follower of Christ. That was my foundation. And uh, in that, there's such strength, you know, in knowing that. And it was there all along because I grew up in a Christian family, but just the sin and all that blinded me from it. And uh, so anyway, the last part of that sermon was community is the context for change. It's the, you know, the agar, the petri dish of change. And... So anyway, it was. I went up for prayer um, after that, and as I was walking up, um, like two things struck me about when I was going to back to Portland. I, I had a church that I knew I should attend, and I and I had a guy who I knew could mentor me, and it was just like it was there all along, but yet it just came into that you know place. And anyway, so speed things up, just glory to glory. Just he kept on removing scales. He kept on showing me truths. The word just became like nectar. It was just like things of God were the things of, of my heart. You know what I mean? And uh, it was so cool. Like I ended up like getting set free from smoking, getting set free from uh, drinking, you know, excessively and all that. And like seriously, I had, you know what I mean? Like. People go to party to, to, to get an escape. And I wasn't doing that anymore because I didn't need an escape. And uh, so anyway, uh, sorry for all the ahs and anyways. But yeah, man. So the verse, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. And it so revived my soul. It's just, if you could see a picture of who I was a year and a half ago to who I am now, just... Stark contrast, just totally different. And, and, anyways, I'll get to this church, but this church has been just like, uh, if there was a super powered dish of agar, this is like the best peachy dish ever. But, uh, anyway, so, I got baptized last, uh, last Easter, and that was just something that I, I don't know why I hadn't done, because I grew up in the church, but yet, that was just like such a, like a stand that I took and I invited a whole bunch of non-Christian friends that I had and it was just like, here I am, this is who I am, all my chips are in and uh, sort of through my reading and, and, and coming into a church, I, uh, I sort of got the three foundations of like tithing and fasting and praying and those things just strengthened me so much uh, and then like miraculously, I prayed obviously, Lord, I need a new, a new place, a new, uh, you know, a new agar. 
dish, a new petri dish. And I had prayed that he would take me out of my situation because I was living with, you know, partiers and whatnot. And uh, anyways, like one day my mom calls me up and she's like, hey, I found your passport, which I had lost six years prior. And so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Saved me a couple hundred bucks. Like, awesome. And... uh, yeah, anyways, two hours later, I'm on Facebook, and an old college friend invites me to Korea uh, to stay with her and her husband and find a job. And uh, I was just like, okay, Lord, if this is what you want me to do. And uh, so anyways, a few weeks later, I bought a one-way ticket, and I didn't have the money. I put it on a credit card, and uh, I was just like, all right, Lord, let's do this thing. I trust you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, like, I know last year was the year of epic faith for, for this house, but, dude, it was seriously the year of epic faith, man. It was awesome. It was, like, coming here and, like, hearing the year of epic faith. I'm like, what? Like, how did God know that? <laughs> right? Uh, but anyway, so many miracles. Like, seriously, he, he just, time after time, he'd, like, be faithful just in the smallest things bringing me through, like, the money, like, two weeks before I was supposed to leave, three grand shows up, like, cash in hand, and uh, just, like, hop on the plane, and the people that I've met, and all of these things, they just come together, and it's just, like, the Lord is so faithful. He is so faithful. And uh, anyways, yeah, I, I could list miracles for hours and hours, but I'm, I'm not going to. So anyway, um, since I've been to New Philly, like, the first, the first time... I got to New Philly. It was actually for the Niagara Conference. And I didn't even know it was New Philadelphia. And it's funny because like three days before, and it's in my, my journal, three days before I got invited to Niagara, I was reading in Revelations 3 about the Church of Philadelphia. And I was like, that's the church. It's in my, I'm serious, the date's there. Like, I swear, <laughs> you can check it out. But I was reading, and I'm like, that's the church that I need to be a part of. Like, that's the church that God is like. That's the one church that He wasn't like berating for being, you know, lukewarm or whatever, you know. So I was like, "There's, they have little faith. That's where I want to be." And uh, anyway, yeah. So I go to Niagara Conference. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so the Lord just hit me with this this uh, blast of the Holy Spirit and uh, an actual like I could feel the presence of God and. I'd always wanted that as a kid, you know, and bam, it happened, and here I am uh, talking on and on and on, but the Lord is so good. His presence is here right now, you guys. It's, it's so awesome, and uh, I'm sniffling and almost crying, <laughs> but it's not me who's up here because of my own works, you know. I, I, I fell short, and, and God came through, and... Uh, and it's God that works in us to will and to want. It's not us. It's not our works. It's not who we were or who we're going to be. But it's God because he's awesome. So thanks, God.